Come join Tony, Tony and Austin at the FanX Salt Lake Comic Convention Friday from 10 a.m. to noon at the Salt Palace Convention Center downtown at 100 Southwest Temple. All right, question of the morning. A lot of angst around the BYU football program. Is it really that bad? ton of people posted on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter as well. You heard Val Hale's thoughts on this. Is it really that awful? There's a lot of people who want independence to end. They think all this awfulness comes from independence. Chad, BYU's mistake was going independent after panicking when Utah left the Mountain West. They it, took a giant step back. It was not a mistake. It was an absolute giant step forward. They were making $1 million uh, off of television, and immediately they, what's time six or seven? Once we get past quadruple, I really struggle. Five is quintuple. Okay. Once we get past whatever quadruple is, I struggle. Is that six? Is quadruple six? Quadruple's four. Okay. Once we get past quadruple, I really struggle. They immediately put way more money. And it's easy for you to say, well, I don't care about the money. Yeah, because you ain't paying it. (laughs) (laughs) Brian says uh, the Cougars lost one game. It was a team that some are picking to be in the playoff this year. If you compare it to Utah, yes, it's that bad. But let's see how the rest of the games play out. Yeah, Utah's just a far superior program. They've got... Most, if not all, the advantages. There's no advantage that BYU has over Utah right now. Name me one. Name me one advantage. The only thing you can come up with is the creamery, and the creamery is not that far away if you really got to have it. Name me one advantage that BYU has. I am struggling right now. Hold on. They don't have any. Uh, Zero. uh, Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, you're right. Your fan base is there. Conference affiliation. You want the Latter-day Saint experience? You can get it there. Got that Power 5 brand, the lure of the Rose Bowl, even though they haven't cashed in on it yet. Yeah, I don't know that teams are playing. I'm going to go to this school because they got a chance to go to the Rose Bowl. I I don't think kids decide that based on one singular bowl game that you most often are not going to get to. Well, some probably do. I think it's a factor. It's like you said, if they like shiny helmets, there's no telling what they like, and they do like shiny helmets. I've not heard one kid say, man, I have a chance to play in the Rose Bowl. That's why I came here. No. I have a chance to play in the NFL. That's why I came here. Nick says, I don't know if it's that bad. I've gone back and forth between uncontrollable rage and extreme sadness. I just don't know what BYU football is anymore. If it's supposed to be the missionary arm of the church, don't you think actually winning games would make people more interested? Yeah, I don't understand why they don't put more money into it. It's not like they don't have the money, right? Don't they own half of Florida? They own some de- on the way down to Everglades or something? They've they got, got a some massive, big... massive ranch down there in yeah. addition to multiple real estate right. things. Right. I mean, so pump some money into football and they can win more. People don't know this, but on the license plates, which says Sunshine State in little letters, it also says LDS State. Oh, it does? Yeah. Look okay. real close. You got to have a magnifying glass. But I heard about this. This Remember Mike 
used to call. He was so furious about the mall that they own here. I do. I do remember <laughs> Mad Mike. How could you forget Mad Mike? Easily. Easily the angriest caller we've ever had. He's so irritated that... They got a billion dollar mall. Yeah. Whoa. It's geez. a beautiful mall. Very beautiful. I go down there every Christmas just to walk around and soak in the spirit. When they opened that mall, we did a remote there. It's a fact. We did. And we saw all the church leaders walk. I saw Monson walk over. Both of them. Plaza on the East End. We were up, uh, yeah. up, up high on that It was balcony. a gorgeous day. Yeah. Of course it was. He was going to make sure it was a gorgeous day. It was in the spring. And we were there. And they were all walking across the street from uh, the church buildings, walking over. And they were doing a big thing for them. And all the church employees all came out. Most of them, anyway. I saw them. They were all... It was beautiful. It was an awesome day. So, I agree. If the missionary thing is part of it, you're going to get more more publicity if you win. So, why not pump more money into it? Kalani, five million bucks. Here you go. (laughs) Why is it a badge of honor we're going to pay below market value. Why is that? We Mother Teresa here? Do we take a vow of poverty? Yes. They did. Something we, about the U.S. We have big brothers of the poor. Something about the U.S. Big brothers of Victorian yeah. history. Is that what it is? If you come coach here, you'd be part of the fraternity. You know, it's big brothers of the poor. Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah. Well, you we can't call it little sisters. So big brothers of the poor. Okay. Why is that a badge of honor? I don't get that. Because you're doing the right thing and you're not doing it for money. You're getting back. You're getting deep. You, you could probably go back to ASU and take cl- classes on 18th century America and how we got here. Okay, but they have these advertisements. They put in Meet the Mormons and now they changed it. And you had to spend money on that. And Indeed. what was the point? To attract Converts to yep. spread your message. You're paying money for that. If this really is the missionary tool, why don't you pay, or a missionary tool, why don't you pay money for that and pay more money? Because the worth of a soul is unlimited as far as I've been told. So how do you put a value on a soul? So pay up. You're going to attract souls. And then you can get a few black guys to come and... If they meet the certain gal, I mean, don't blame me here. I've only seen it happen 500 times, and away you go. Those souls, they're just as important. So you're already doing it, so why not pay up? All your fans want it. Your fans want it hardcore. Your fans would love it. They want to win. I I see a guy at the gym, and he knows who he is if he's listening. He's telling me, I don't know if this is true, but he says he heard donors who want to donate big money but then they're told, well, you got to donate the same to the women's program. I don't want to donate to the women's program. I don't want to donate to the whatever program. I want to donate to the football program. I want to donate to the basketball program. Because they're, the, they're the ones I care about. There have been other instances where they've offered to give it to football, and the athletic department has told this donor that you can give us the money, but you do not tell us where to put that money. I'll tell you where to put the money. <laughs> right here in this pocket. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, if you're going to have an athletic program, have a friggin' athletic program. And do it the way the others. Don't act like this vow of poverty here, relatively speaking, and I realize it's relatively speaking, is some badge of honor. 
Too late. And maybe you can get people who actually have experience. And if not, everybody is a first-timer in your job. But that's a tough one because I think all across campus, the salaries are a little on the low side. And people will tell you, well, they want to be part of the BYU experience, and it's a special place. And so they're going to start paying this department, the athletics department, or at least this portion of this department, yeah, but that's big, the, big money. That's an age-old deal between yep. academia and sports. That's no different than any other place. They're already getting paid way more. No chemistry teacher's making $900,000. <laughs> that is a fact. Yeah. So got what's a, the difference? Got an uncle who worked in biochem. He didn't get paid like that. Yeah. Well, you, you came from you to, educationally you affluent. You got an uncle who worked in biochem. You always have to top me. <laughs> yeah, my uncle worked at Sears. He worked for the city of West Orange. Those are what my uncles. You had a biochem uncle. Yep. Well, Fanabla to you. Fanabla. <laughs> so, you know, ironically, he's Italian too. So good for you. Lottie freaking da. Steve says it's simple. They just need to stop comparing the program to Utah's. They aren't on the same level anymore. Well, they're not. But they're not going to stop comparing themselves to Utah. And I think there are probably some Cougar fans saying, yeah, can we just compare ourselves to Utah State and beat those guys? I think the goal is to be what Utah is. The fact is they're way better than you, so why not have that goal? I lived down in Arizona for for my whole life. ASU basketball sucked. This doesn't mean you don't strive to be like the U of A. I mean, they've obviously been a far superior program. That's your goal. Then you don't necessarily achieve it, but you can have it be like that. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. Before Lincoln we Kennedy. Go, suppose they would have thrown $4 million bucks at Kyle. How would that have played out? Every fan, if it played out the way it's played at Utah, every down to the grainy knitting lady who sits in the stands would want that to happen. They would be just fine. Every BYU fan, the number one goal of a BYU fan is to have their football program win. They don't care about that other stuff. They don't... They don't even care about if they keep the honor code. If they want to have a want to go to Starbucks on the way to work, they don't care. Well, that doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> it's not it's not changing anything. Because I think what you just said, there's a lot of truth to it, but it's true five years ago, it's true ten years ago, it's true fifteen years ago. It didn't matter then. But if they're serious about it, it's within their power. When we come back, Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks, he joins us next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles came in assist short of tallying the first triple-double in FIBA World Cup history. Led Team Australia to an 81-68 win over Senegal. He had 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists said afterwards I didn't know that and even though I know now it still doesn't really bother me the only goal was to win the game 
The goal is for the U.S. to win the game, but they are losing to Turkey 81-79. There's 12 seconds left in the game. Donovan Mitchell and the guys in a little bit of trouble right now. France has blown out Jordan. Rudy Gobert getting the win, 103-64, the final score. Major League Baseball, Yankees were shut out for the first time since June 30 of 2018, 220 games. Uh, they got blanked by the Texas Rangers, 7-0. Bees closed out the season with a 7-1 loss to the Reno Aces. Top of the Wire brought to you by Syringa Networks. Verizon customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. they got a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That number again, 385-420-7881. That's Syringa Networks. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. A lot of times people will ask me if you wouldn't have been a professional football player, if you wouldn't have been a radio analyst, what would you have been? I always tell them a paleontologist. I, We've done shows for a long time. You've never, ever mentioned that ever. I know. Paleontology? What? Maybe if you showed more I interest was, in the things I'm interested in. Was it just in? because of Laura Dern in Jurassic Park? Because you say that, then I'm like, okay, I got you. You know, Sam Neill was never right for her. Now, Dr. Hans. Dr. Hans. <laughs> Girl, nature always finds a way. I don't know how you guys take my dreams and just crumple them up like a piece of paper and throw it right back in my face. Oh, man. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK and Lincoln Kennedy join us from the Pac-12 Networks. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you today? We're doing all right. How are you? Not bad, not bad. A little, little down that the Pac-12 didn't take care of business over the first weekend, but it is what it is. How disappointed were you in Oregon? What happened well, there? Well, I mean, not, not so much disappointed. I mean, they played a hard game. It was a good game. Um, but, but it was a little bit of a letdown because it, it started off the week with Arizona's loss to Hawaii. And then, with, oh, goodness gracious, here we go again. And, and, and you, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have to deal with it in your own capacity. But, you know, one thing that, as I've mentioned before, I, I get tired of the uh, – I get tired of the – what is it? Just a banter about the Pac-12 on a whole on a national scale. So, you know, I'm hoping that we have a good outing. And Oregon had a chance, uh, a premier chance against Auburn, played a pretty good game, but just came up short, uh, just as East, uh, uh, Arizona did. So, um, you know, it's, it was a tough weekend. So with that in mind, you know, you look at particularly the ACC, it seems to be Clemson and everybody else. SEC's a little deeper. Uh, Big 12, you know, or maybe Oklahoma, Texas is, looks like they're on the way back. Uh, Big 10, in my mind, it's Ohio State and everybody else. So even though Oregon lost, do we now turn our attention for the Pac-12 as far as making a national splash to the two Washingtons in Utah? I, I think that's that's probably going to be your best bet. Um, Washington uh, with Easton had a great, you know, strong outing, as did Wazoo, and then of course the way that Utah showed a complete team in the win against BYU uh, was a good showing for the Pac-12. But the thing is, is that now we're just going to go through the, the sort of meanderings that is the season. Um, the Pac-12, like I said, I think is one of the most competitive conferences, so I think you, you can expect that those teams that we think highly of might suffer a loss uh, here and there. But when it comes down to the Pac-12 championship, hopefully that's exciting. 
deciding with two premier teams uh, in it. And then more importantly, whichever pack, uh, whichever uh, teams come out of the Pac-12, they win their bowl games. That's the best way that you can put a scenario for a future. Um, but this year, the, the bowl projections are going to hurt from what happened in week one. And I know it's kind of early, but let's face it, a loss hurts you these days. One loss hurts you these days and the way things are with the playoff and the premier bowl games, one loss hurts you. So um, you lose a little bit of that glimmer and that possibility when uh, say JT Daniels for USC, the projected starter goes down with a season-ending injury, a season-ending knee injury. Um, that's, that's rough because there were a lot of people focused on USC. And now the banter around, you know, Clay Helton and USC will be, well, should he lose his job to Urban Myers in Los Angeles? Well, let me just say this. I don't think it's fair for a coach to be graded on injuries to premier players. I think you could say that you could be critical of a coach and say, well, you don't have a notable backup or you don't have somebody to stand in. But, you know, a lot of times that's just not necessarily uh, fair because it's hard to recruit in college football. And more importantly, there's not a lot of places that have, you know, two or three premier quarterbacks, uh, you know, three deep. So do you think there's any hope for Kadon Slovis making an impact here? And uh, helping USC win games, or as a true freshman, is it just this is overwhelming and it's going to go poorly? No, 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 no. I mean, they, they've got they've got some athletes. It's not totally out of the question, um, uh, you know, for moving forward. But I just think that it, because SC always has a t- uh, um, you know target on its back, it, it's going to win more games than it's going to lose. I'm not saying the whole season's lost, but it's going to be tough. So the way I look at it, obviously, with JT Daniels going down and the inexperience or lack of talent in the other teams in the South, Utah, which was already the prohibitive favorite, receiving 33 out of the 35 votes to win the division, now it even goes up even higher. So with that in mind, the only way, and it could change, but as of right now, the only way I see them not winning the division is they themselves have a slew of injuries, particularly at the quarterback spot, where they only really have two scholarship guys, and then they have a, an, a walk-on that they've scholarship. So they have injuries there, or they have a rash of turnovers. So knowing what you know out of Utah and what you've seen out of Kyle Whittingham now, when we get into the conference, they've got two teams they should whip on in the next two weeks. But when we get down to SC starting uh, uh, two weeks from Friday, do you think that he really just – I, I guess I can't say necessarily go totally conservative, but make sure that offense just does not screw it up because the opportunity there has gotten even better. Well, it comes down to execution, right? And coaches coach, players play. So when you think about it, you, you, as a coach, you can only do so much. You know, the one thing that we've gotten into with football these days, guys, is that you find coaches trying to do whatever they can to protect their players. Protect their players from what? Football's a contact game. There's inherent risk and injuries, and every time you take the field, you can't protect them from it. You just have to play. More importantly, you have to go out there and take care of business. You have to execute. Utah's in a good position because they have a, no, a number of notable veterans that are at key spots, especially a quarterback. And more importantly, you just have to go out there and take care of business. Now, we've seen good Utah teams in the past. We've also seen them have hiccups throughout the season or start off strong or finish poorly or, or vice versa. So, you know, the thing is that it's still going to be up for the football players to go out and do it. There's only so much that a coach can do to, to, to get this team ready to play. They still have to go out there and make it happen. Lincoln Kennedy joining us, Pac-12 Network analyst, also Oakland Raiders analyst. You talk about trying to keep guys healthy and protect them. Uh, what did you think of the uh, non-call on Costello? Did you think that was a forearm to the helmet that should have been targeting? You know, that's always a tough one for me because when a guy is sliding and another guy is trying to come in there, and yes, he's trying to make contact, um, in the heat of the moment, what 
what it seems the rules, the way the rules are written, what they want them to do is they want them to be able to pull back or not lay a hit. That's almost, especially when you're in the midst of going for it, that's almost impossible. Um, I thought it could be a judgment call and go either way, to be honest with you. The fact that his helmet came off and, of course, he had a concussion added a little bit of, uh, of banter to the fact that it should have been called targeting or, or something like that. But in this day and age, it's so hard with these judgment plays. You see a lot in the NFL with the pass interference rule and everything else. Um, it's just it, it's really unfortunate that um, I'm glad they adjusted the targeting rule for the most part, and then it's, uh, but at the same point, it's, it's always a judgment call, especially when you slow it down to, to frame by frame. We've seen Chris Peterson just build a very good program at Washington, your alma mater, and they suffered a lot of losses this past season, guys going to the NFL and just graduation. But I'm wondering, I'm, I'm a little unsure, I know they're good, but I'm mm-hmm. wondering how good are they? Are they Rose Bowl contending good? Are they playoff good? Are they Alamo good? It's so early. Where do you see them fitting in? I, I think they're, I want to say they're playoff, I mean, not playoff caliber. I would say, I would say um, Rose Bowl caliber good. Um, I don't know where the, the bowl structure in for the playoffs are this year, but um, I would say that I think they are capable of challenging for a Pac-12 championship. Um, we saw some holes in, in Oregon, and I think still Oregon's going to be good. I think Stanford's going to be good. I know Wazoo is definitely going to be good. Uh, but I've always believed when you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And Jacob Eason played a really good game against Eastern Washington. And even though they lost a lot, you're right, he showed me with his strong arm and his decision-making that you know Washington is definitely going to be a team to reckon with uh, in the Pac-12. So, is UCLA awful this year? Are they going to be mediocre and make a step forward from that three and nine? Or after that Cincinnati game, are they just tracking for another three and nine season? I think they'll be better than three and nine, but not by much. The truth of the matter is, when you look at UCLA's roster and you look at the freshmen and the sophomores that they have. You, you can do one or two things if you're Chip Kelly. You can play a bunch of young guys and just have them, you know, you know, trial by fire, which means you're probably not going to win a, a bunch of games. Or you can just wait through the storm, which you're going to have to do against Cincinnati. They'll be good in the future because Chip Kelly has, has already started recruiting guys that, are, that can definitely implement a system. But they're going to take their lumps. And right now, when you look at UCLA, what's, what's the, the hardest thing to swallow is that you see a program down for as, for as long as it is. And, again, with Urban Meyer there, the rumors are already swirling, guys. I don't know if you guys heard them in your neck of the woods, but I'm hearing them uh, rapidly that, you know, these, one of these, one of these, both of these UCLA, I mean, both of these coaches might be out, um, mainly because, you know, there's a, swirl, there's a rumor circulating that um, Chip Kelly wants to move on to a bigger program. Um, so... Unfortunately, with the kids hear this, then a lot of times it affects their their just overall attitude, and then definitely can affect their play. So the interesting thing about playing with the young guys and weathering through the storm, because it looks like that's what Herm Edwards is doing in the desert, because yeah. they got so many young guys. He basically, as I see it from afar, now that's my alma mater, so I pay attention to it to a little bit more. Uh, it seems like he's recruited over juniors and seniors, so they are playing in an inordinate amount of young guys, 25 freshmen played in the first game whether they be first year freshmen or redshirt freshmen and so many and they've had a bunch of guys who transfer out who are older so 
weathering the storm, it seems like they've got a little bit better handle on it than Chip Kelly does. So I don't know that I can expect from them to be consistently good over the course of nine games because they are so young. Maybe next year and the year after, it's a different story. But for now, with these young guys, I mean, young guys tend to be volatile up and down. What do you expect from them, not necessarily over the course of nine games, but individually any given game? Well, here's one thing I do know, and I'll be doing the, the game against Sacramento State this weekend with the Pac-12 Network. Um, I, I see you, you, know, you have a true freshman quarterback who's stepping in, and right now my biggest concern for this team is the offensive line. You know, left tackles went down, and then they, they moved their center. They're, all, pro, they're all, all conference center out to left tackle, so they did a little shifting around on the offensive line, but still had a fairly solid outing against Kent State. Now, this week in Sacramento State, I still think the big thing is that they're getting themselves prepared, obviously, for Michigan State the following weekend. But one thing I can definitely take for solace of the Sun Devils is their defense is going to be a lot better, especially in their secondary. And, and that's going to send a message that this team's going to win a few more games based on the defensive performance, creating turnovers, and putting their offensive in position. Um, Eno Benjamin is one of the more consistent backs who I just love watching because the yards that he gets after contact is just its so exciting to see. I, I love a good old-fashioned running football team. And I still think that uh, A-State can do that. Uh, and the thing is, is I'm talking to the kids at A-State and talking to a lot of the coaches, you know, they believe. They believe that they can, they can win, and they believe that they can be successful. And that right there is, is a lot when you talk about what Herm Edwards has done. Um, yeah, but Jaden Daniels, to me, is, is one of those guys that's going to be exciting to watch. And his whole team is going to be fun to watch throughout the South. Two conference games Saturday night, Cal's at Washington and Stanford's at USC. Who's going to win those games? Stanford should take care of business against USC. Um, and then, you know, Cal Washington, Cal put up, uh, put up a little bit of a fight with that defense in the first half. Of the, I expect Washington to pull away. So you talk about Clay Helton, and you know, you shouldn't be judged upon injuries, but it is USC. And so yeah. rules don't, that apply to one place don't necessarily apply with SC. So is it going to be a difficult situation for him to retain his job? Yes. No doubt about it. Yes. I, I, look, when you just watch the – I was watching what was, I think it was Fox Sports the other day. You know, you've got – Irvin Meyer next to what Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, I think it was. Yeah. And then them just talking about USC and, and seeing the spark on their eye when they looked at Irvin Meyer, and especially, <laughs> especially when he talked about them. <laughs> because SC is a lot about flair and flash, yes, it makes absolute sense. You know, the, the typical rules do not apply to them. And this is one of those instances where you have a flamboyant coach who's had success in your neck of the woods. And right now, you're not having the presence that SC football has had throughout the decades, uh, you want to return to that. There's no doubt in my mind there's some, there's some Urban Meyer courting going on, whether it's you know, directly or indirectly. So every time he goes to work on the weekends, Bush and Leinart are going to be leaning on him? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so having lived in Southern California for a long time, it would seem to me, everything you say about the flash and flare of SC, that if Urban makes it known, directly or indirectly, that he wants that job, then I would think Clay Helton's got to win the conference or he's out. And that may not be fair, but that's the way it is. How far off? That's are exactly right. It's exactly right. I mean, USC is really going to have to make a, a big push. And let me, let me try to find – I don't know their schedule off the top of my hand, off the top of my head. A USC? Um, 
Yeah. It's, uh, um, I've got um, it. It's right here. It's, okay, uh, you got it? Yeah, they're playing Stanford this week, and then they go to BYU and host okay. Utah. And uh-huh. then they got Washington and Notre Dame after that. Now, see that right there? Those three games right there, um, you know, I, I, I think they'll lose to Stanford. They should beat BYU, even though it's in, in Provo. But then you've got Utah, Washington, and Notre Dame. So you're probably looking, you know, I mean, you're looking at more, definitely more losses than wins in the first month. You know, still having Oregon, you know, a, having to go to A-State, having to play at Cal, and then finish off the season UCLA. I mean, you can make a, you can make a point where they could probably be 500. If, they, if they're 500, I'm looking at the record going through the wins and losses just immediately um, on the schedule. They, they, might be, they might be a 5-16, and 16, guys. Wow. Well, I don't. But see, the thing is, I think with that Utah, Washington, Notre Dame stretch, if they're two and four, let's say you're right, and they do win in Provo, mm-hmm. um, if they don't, they're one and five. Then yeah. I figure he's out mid-season so that they can hire Urban so he can get a head start on recruiting because they got the early recruiting date in December. They're going to want to make this move sooner, not later. Good point. Maybe they hire Cliff Kingsbury, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, think, you, think, you think Kingsbury would be out by midseason? <laughs> They'll definitely win more games in the Cardinals world, that's for sure. <laughs> well, in the NFL, anything can happen. We've seen that. Yeah, yeah certainly. Uh, is the Pac-12 up for any more humiliation in non-conference games this weekend? Uh, Nevada's at Oregon, San Diego State's at UCLA, Nebraska is at Colorado, and Colorado did beat Nebraska last year. Uh, or- Oregon State's Oregon State's at Hawaii. Are, are there right. any? Are there going to be any embarrassing losses there? Well, I mean, just from just from you know thinking about, it, I haven't really given it much thought. Um, I think the, the Colorado-Nebraska will be a good game. It's another way for the Pac-12 to sort of make a statement because everybody thinks so much of Scott Frost and Nebraska and where they're going even. Uh, um, and I would say, you know, the, the other games, don't be surprised about San Diego State. I don't think anybody will if they win. Um, but no, no, it, it's right now to me, the teams just go through these little non-conference games and, and it goes, it's a coin flip anyway, but then you get into your conference schedule and that's when sort of, you know, the, the, the good teams have to separate themselves when they have to win games. But what we've seen happen so many times, especially in this conference, is that somebody comes out of nowhere and, and beats someone else. And, and you know, that's, that's just what you have to deal with. But, and that's why I think it's competitive. But at the same point, it doesn't make a national statement when you don't take care of business against non-conference, non-conference games or bowl games. All right, Lincoln, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Network Analyst and uh, Oakland Raider Analyst as well. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, we'll react to his thoughts on the Pac-12 next. Stay with us. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. In PK, it's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. The drama at the FIBA World Cup. The U.S. looks like they're going to escape with an overtime win over Turkey. I guess it just went final. 93-92. The U.S. wins. USA! 
USA. Of course, if you spell it backwards, you got an issue. Tatum had to make two out of three free throws at the end of regulation with no time on the clock to force OT, and then they win by one point in OT. Donovan Mitchell struggles shooting the ball, three of 12, three of nine from behind the arc, 0 of three on twos. Also helped the turkey miss four straight free throws in overtime. Turkey. Gobble, gobble. As DJ said, that was a knuckle biter. It was. <laughs> he said that in the break. A, a knuckle, knuckle biter. biter. <laughs> A little higher up on the digits. <laughs> nope. They wore away the fingers and the nails in regulation. A it was kn- knuckles and overtime. A knuckle biter. Yeah, it was a knuckle biter. Right here, right here. <laughs> oh, man. Now that they won, that's a toe licker. <laughs> that was gross. Uh, well... It's so crowded in here. You need some. We don't have any forearm room. What are you getting at? Not elbow room. No forearm. Okay. It was so crowded. You barely had any bicep room. People who are watching the game are tweeting out about Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's had a few crazy tough rebounds in this game, including one that gave Team USA a chance to stay alive. He had the offensive rebound kept it alive when they. Got Way to go, buzzer. Donovan. That's, that's why from, this is nothing but good. I mean, I don't even really love. care if they win. I want them to win because it's the U.S. for sure. But the fact that he's in intense competition. Because when you're in the moment, I mean, this the Gold Cup, I, I don't even know what the Gold Cup is. It's like another soccer spiel. They got so many of them, I don't care about them. Just give me the big dogs and all the other stuff doesn't matter. But for them in the moment, they're playing hard and they're playing to win. And so that is great experience. It's a pressure situation that cannot be recreated over the summer in any way but this. Bill Simmons agreed with that tweet and said, yeah, Donovan's looking very 2005 weightish from an explosiveness standpoint. Yeah, well, I mean, most folks here, if we ask on the street, would you rather have the U.S. win the Gold Cup or the Jazz win the NBA Finals? Jazz. I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So having him gain this type of experience at at 22, he he turns 23 here uh, next week. I think Sunday is his birthday. And double check that. But it's coming up in the next few days when he's 23 years old. So to have him get this type of experience at 22 is awesome. It can only benefit him. And have him be around Popovich, it's only going to benefit him. The Gold Cup, whether they win it or not, didn't mean jack to me. But it means something to them. They're competing, and he's going to benefit from it. And in whatever manner, even if it's just minor, it could potentially be big. But if it's just minor, it's going to work towards his favor, which therefore then is going to work toward helping the team get better and be more competitive this season when we all have high expectations. Whose expectations are higher, University of Utah football or jazz basketball? Utah football. Really? I'm not so sure about that. I'd agree with that. It's a close call, so you don't have to be sure about it. But, you know, you asked a question, so here I am, Utah football. Oh, I'm not denying your answer was legitimate. I know I asked a question. You did not repeat what I just did. I know it. I did it. So obviously I would know it. You did not dete- need to tell me I asked a question because I asked the question so very well I would know I asked the question. His birthday is September 7th, which I think would be Saturday if I'm counting on the calendar right. Yeah, I knew it was the 7th. Well, it may not be. I thought it was Monday earlier this morning, so, so you never know. Well, I, I don't know. I, they might be playing a game and, and on his birthday. He might be in another knuckle biter. 
Better not be. Still in preliminary play. <laughs> well, yeah, but they were in a knuckle biter today. I know. So as you progress, logic would dictate that you would be in more knuckle biters. Or that they'll actually lose. Do you think, well, that's a knuckle biter. You can lose and still be in a knuckle biter. Right? Just because you're in a knuckle biter doesn't mean you actually won. You can be in a knuckle biter and lose. Trying to find as many reasons as possible to say knuckle <laughs> knuckle biter. Well, it's the truth. You acted like Yuck, didn't he act like well they could lose? He acted like the only way to be in a knuckle biter is to come out victorious. True. Yeah. Right. You can be in a knuckle biter and lose. Whoever they're playing in that uh this weekend in group play, that'll be able to beat. Why? Because their group isn't that tough. Nor is well, they just were in a knuckle biter this morning. Right. Is it tomorrow or is it yesterday or tonight over where are they? I, China? They're in China. I don't China. know. It's, are they in the Grove? It's today currently there. Are they in the Grove? They're not in China Grove. That's re- that's so ironic. China Grove, a little talking a little town around San Antonio, and Popovich is the coach. And he's from around San Antonio. It is all coming together. This is so symmetrical. And yet they played a knuckle butter and they played turkey. When we and when come it back. comes to court on court interviews, yeah. Popovich is a turkey. Just stream of consciousness, I really for you. <laughs> yeah, but can you disagree with anything I just said? No, I wasn't listening. How could I right. disagree? He is he when it's on court interviews that they do at the end of the third quarter, I the heard of the that fourth, part. he is a turkey. He's been a turkey for a number of years. When we come, it sort of looks like a turkey. When we come back, <laughs> can you tell stories about bizarre golf course behavior? Uh, if you want. Yeah. It was a knuckle biter. <laughs> and the question of the morning, we have a lot of people weighing in. A lot of angst around BYU football. Is it really that bad? And we've got some serious responses. We've got some funny responses. We'll get to that next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.